How are you guys doing? Welcome. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. I know we kicked it off with a little bit of a, well, if you guys are not on the channel, you guys need to because we had a, a TikTok reaction video go live and it's spicy. But this episode is actually sponsored by masterworks.io. So if you guys aren't angry at uh, gas prices, don't worry. I got, I, I got, I got it for you. You're supposed to blame Wall Street, apparently. It's a big deal. If you guys didn't know, gas prices are not Biden's fault. They're Wall Street's fault. Not entirely sure how this is a thing or how this is even a, a question because if, if, if gas prices were Wall Street's fault, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that they were just going to make it super expensive at all times so they can generate a ton of profit so people wouldn't be complaining that now the prices are up? I mean, let's think about it. I mean, couldn't, couldn't they just keep that price what it is right now? Couldn't they just keep it at all times? No one would know any different at that point. They'd be like, oh, yeah, gas costs three fifty a gallon or 4 bucks a gallon. Yeah, no big deal. That's what it cost. You know what? Blame Wall Street. That's what they say, right? But anyway, it says, uh, chill, baby, chill. That's how this thing starts off. Kind of an interesting way to start a little, a little piece here. If you're looking for someone to blame for high gas prices, we're here to help. Hint, it's not President Biden. Oh, okay. It's not Biden, they say. All right. Here's the deal. Gas line prices. All right. Gas line. It actually says gasoline, not gas line. No idea where I came up with that one. So gasoline prices have surged to seven-year highs and are likely to keep climbing. But do not blame guys. Do, don't, don't blame them. No. They're going to keep climbing. It's not his fault. Nothing to do with him. Even though U.S. oil prices have surged more than 65% this year, U.S. oil production is about to be 14% below where they were at at the end of 2019. I couldn't imagine why. Why would they be lower than where they were in 2019? Does anybody have a clue? Ah, doesn't mean that, well, maybe we just put somebody in office who has one of the more pro- progressive agendas ever when it comes to oil industry standards and and and. Literally, he, his first agenda, what was it, to kill a pipeline was the first thing he did in office. Throwing that out there. It goes on to say this. So basically, blame Wall Street. Really big and bold. I would love to understand this one. Oil and gas companies aren't producing more because they're focused on returning cash to shareholders. That makes zero fucking sense. If they produced more, they could make more fucking money. Correct? They wouldn't have pumps running out. That's not the way that's not the way this works. All right. Let's just let's keep on going. Oh, also, they could make more because we wouldn't have to buy it from overseas fucking countries. We could literally sell the shit that we could produce here in America without having a bunch of restrictions on the actual fields that are producing them. Correct? That's another way to look at it. Stupid. The situation has put Biden in quite a pickle, though. In theory, he could pressure oil executives to ramp up production to lower costs for American drivers. And in that hypothetical reasoning, the oil guys could ask Biden to ease off environmental regulations that he has put on them. This makes no sense. You're writing an article contradicting yourself right out the gate. Correct? All right. Good. But that's not really an option for Biden, who ran on the most aggressive climate agenda in U.S. history. (laughs) Who just went to Glasgow earlier this month to urge the rest of the world to cut back on fossil fuels. Yes. So you cannot come out to say that it's not Biden's fault when when you just say that right there. It's 100% Biden's fault. He can ease every single restrictions on them. They can pump as many barrels they want, not with any type of restrictions, and they would absolutely dump off the cost of oil and gas here in America. But guess what? He's not going to do that because he will look bad to the only, what, 38% of people that give an absolute fuck about Biden in the gen. Like, no one cares. He's the worst person we've ever put in office, ever. I know, I seem a little bit irritated, but when you read something like this from from an, from from myself, which I understand economics and business in general, like a little bit, just, just a tad bit, not like a ton, 
But if you're going to write an article saying something like this, at least have a somewhat of an understanding how it works. There's no that, that's how it ends, by the way. Just so everybody's aware, it's like that's the reasoning behind why you shouldn't blame Biden for prices being ramped up. It has nothing to do with the chokehold he's put on the entire oil industry as a whole. So when you guys realize what happened in the past week, the only thing you can say is, oh my God, inflation just hit a 30-year high. That is right, a new 30-year high. If you don't act soon, you will actually earn some hard cash will be turned into trash, as you guys you know. You don't need a PhD in economics to know that, so what should you do? I got the answer for you. You guys ready for this? Well, economic experts suggesting that you invest in alternative assets. Hmm. And one of them that's gaining a lot of attention lately is contemporary art. Its total value has grown over 2,500% since 1995. Yes, that is right, 2,500% since 1995. It's outperformed every other aspect during the financial downturns. Contemporary art has a 23% average real return when inflation is above 3%. And what are we currently sitting at? 6.3, 6.4% for inflation. The average return on investment is literally 23% on contemporary art. Now, hedging against market risk with art is not a new idea. Billionaires have used art to protect their wealth from inflation for centuries, but only the rich could access this exclusive asset class that until a company called Masterworks.io appeared. Yes, that's right, Masterworks.io. They come up with an incredible idea. They sell shares of painting by Warhol, Picasso, and Monet. So now you can invest in the same art billionaires used to safeguard their wealth without forking out millions. With over 250,000 investors signed up, demand is higher than ever, but you can get priority access to their newest painting by going to masterworks.io slash speak the truth. That's right, masterworks.io speak the truth. That's masterworks.io slash speak the truth. Tell you guys right now, I legitimately signed up myself. I'm not lying to you guys. I have an appointment on Monday. I think it's the 22nd or 23rd of this month at like 8.30 or 9 in the morning to literally have a conversation with them because I love the idea. I'm invested in land, and now I want to be invested in contemporary art. I'm telling you guys right now, anything that has to do with inflation, I want to be kind of away from. And if this is going to give me a return on my investment, why wouldn't I want to do it? So check it out, masterworks.io slash speak the truth to get involved. If you guys are new to the channel, I want to say hello. How are you guys doing? Or not the channel, I guess, to this podcast. Over on the YouTube channel, we guys actually, we, we do um, TikTok reaction videos most of the time to woke videos and sometimes some military reaction videos. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys need to go type in like Speak the Truth on, uh, on, on YouTube and it'll take you right there. Shameless plug number one. So the Pentagon. Pentagon says China. Oh, China. And climate control are equally important for uh, when it comes to national security threats. Woo! Climate control. Or excuse me, uh, climate change, not climate control. Climate change is just as important and dangerous as China. So the Pentagon said that it considers China and climate change to be equally important. It's literally what they, they said when it comes to national security threats facing the U.S. Department of Defense. So the DOD. So I, I, how do I put this in lamest terms? Sun, wind, um, rain and water are just as powerful as China to the Department of Defense, which is literally the military. So our military should be focusing on fighting off rising waters in the sun. We, we literally have clowns working for us right now inside. <sighs> Charles, give me an explanation. No, you have none because there is none. If you guys did not know this, Nancy, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the speaker. Oh, my God, the speaker of the house. She came out and actually said that the U.S. military is the largest polluter of when it comes to air emissions than 140 countries combined. 140 countries combined. So if she's coming out and saying that 
And right now, somehow we're going to use the, the Department of Defense to fend off pollutants in the air. I have no idea. And then we can run around with trees. We're going to replace. I, I, this is clearly pushing an agenda. If, if we all don't know this by now, they go on to state this tactical vehicles will be the first to become hybrid to ease the reliable transportation between fully electric and fossil fuel. I'll tell you guys right now, I was actually looking at a Ford F-150 today. One of the new lightnings. I pull a boat all the time. If you guys don't know this, I pull a boat a lot. And they're saying that we're going to get roughly 250 to 300 miles out of the truck itself, the Ford Lightning, without pulling a boat. But when you pull a boat, you might get 10x less. So you're telling me that I'm going to get, what, 30 to 50 miles when I'm pulling a boat on an electric vehicle? What f***ing use does that have when the lake that I'm going to go fish is literally 180 miles away? All right. Good start. But they say that roughly 170,000 non-tactical cars and trucks used on bases will become fully electric though it is unclear when this goal will be achieved. All right, 170,000 non-tactical cars and trucks. That literally just means, oh, the people inside this administration, they're, they're just, they're ruining America as a whole from, from the in, inside out. They really are. They're so worried about climate change and this shit, and they're not worried about China and Russia. Like, think about it right now. Russia's amassing 100,000 people on Ukraine's border, and they're worried about 170,000 non-tactical vehicles Becoming um, climate friendly, like my money tree right here, which you can't see if you're listening to your ears, but you know what I mean. All right, Charles, let's go to the next one. Let's just keep on going. This is when it gets a little spicy. We didn't take any trips outside the United States yet, have we? We're going to take one. Actually, we're, we're just going to fly to New York. So Black Lives Matter New York co-founder said Thursday. Yes, that is right. Thursday. So Black Lives Matter. Yeah, y'all know them. The New York co-founder said that uh, the mayor-elect Eric Adams longs for a New York where black folks get their heads cracked by law enforcement. That's kind of ironic when you say that, uh, because a guy that he's talking about is a black guy. Hmm, that's really strange. Mayor-elect Adams is a bargain basement, a bargain basement Giuliani knockoff who longs for old New York where black folks get their heads cracked by law enforcement and women sit quietly in the back of the room. That is from the BLM New York co-founder, Mr. Newsom. His, his first name is Chivona. Chivona. He said that about a, a retired, by the way, New York Police Department captain. So this guy's literally been a cop. He's a black, he's a black guy. That's a cop. This has become the mayor. The same gentleman goes on to say this. The NYPD's anti-crime unit is unconstitutional and stomps all over the Fourth Amendment by allowing the police to ride around poor communities hunting black men while dressed in plain clothes and unmarked vehicles. Mayor-elect Adams' behavior and rhetoric is hazardous to black people. This is f***ing stupid. You have a black guy saying that another black guy is going around or sending people around in unmarked cars hunting down black people. There's no one hunting black people. There's no one hunting anybody in America. Like, there's no humans that are be- physically being hunted. That is that is the most stupid thing ever. I've actually personally hunted humans. I, I have. We know this. I have physically hunted humans. It's a crazy thing. There's nobody in America that's physically hunting a human. Like, it's, it's stupid to say that out loud. But this guy's a f***ing idiot because there's no one hunting any black guys in America. Oh, my God. Is that not what we did? We hunted humans effectively? So, anyway, Hawk Newsom. That's, okay, anyway. Described himself as an anti-cop and said, everybody talks about good cops and we don't believe in good cops. What, what do you mean? They're human beings. There's good cops. There's good people. And there's bad people. So what are you going to have? Good cops and bad cops. Yeah, the good cops, there's so many more good cops than there are bad cops, but there's a few bad apples here and there and just everything in the walk of life. 
everywhere. There's good white people. There's bad white people. There's good black people. There's bad black people. Humans are humans, correct? Yeah. Newsom told reporters that if Adam returns the city to its old ways of policing, the group would take to the streets. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed. That's an interesting way to put it. There will be riots, fire, and bloodshed. I thought they weren't rioting. Throw that one out there. The uh, the mayor, the guy that's just coming up, though, um, the, 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 the retired police officer said he marched with Black Lives Matter last year and in, in with advocates for police reform for the last four decades. And I also wore a, a, a uniform proudly here in New York. Think about it. The last 40 years, this guy's been marching for these people. And they hate him because he wore a uniform. Yeah. It makes me sick to my stomach. So stupid. BLM and Antifa are some of the, the like, honestly, they're some of the biggest pieces of groups in all of America as a whole. They really are. They really are. They don't look at humans as being humans. They look at you either on our side or fuck you, we're going to create bloodshed, riots, and, and, and fire. Like, what? What do you, you want to you just have a conversation? You, what are you talking about? That's Get fucked. Like, if you, you guys haven't seen the TikTok stuff, you don't know what I'm talking about. But this same gentleman was actually on Dan Bongino uh, here last week, and he didn't make it to the end of it. He had to say, God bless you, man, I'm out of here. He literally left the episode because he couldn't take the heat. That Dan, if you guys know what Dan Bongino is, he used to be an NYPD police officer and a Secret Service member. He is, he's an American. He's about as American as American gets, just like myself. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like Dan Bongino, except I don't have giant testicles. Mine are real tiny. So Bongino asked him about what he had said about burning down buildings and, and riots and bloodshed. That's how he started off the interview with the guy. And then he actually asked him, do you condone riots and burning down buildings after a police use of force incident you don't like? That's what he asked him. And the guy said, no. Well, this is kind of goofy. So the guy's actually not a, a, an actual leader. We're going to find out why. He says, what I'll say is this. I understand when a police officer unjustifiably kills someone, why people lash out. I understand that completely. That's not the question. He's just beating around the bush. Okay, so when this, this is also goofy. This is Newsom, the same person. He didn't, he didn't beat around the bush, but he actually responded with something even more asinine. Word of the podcast, asinine, as we all know. He goes on to say this. Okay, so when Osama bin Laden attacked the World Trade Center, did, did you say America should deal with it peacefully? That is not even entirely the same thing. We're talking about a guy that set up one of the biggest, actually it is the biggest um, killing, mass massacre, I guess you would, I don't know how I want to put this, terroristic thing, terroristic uh, event, terroristic event that's ever happened on American soil in history that killed thousands of people. You're talking about one event in America. Yes, we're talking about police. You just, you literally just put police and Osama bin Laden on the same playing field. This is what these people's mindsets like. Osama bin Laden, police, not even relatively close. Newsom says this. He doesn't condone it, but he doesn't promote it, but he would not condemn it. That's cowardly. That's super cowardly. You can't condone it. You can't say you promote it, but you're not going to condemn it. Excuse me. That's crazy. And that's when this gentleman goes on to say, you're trying to bait me. And that's when he removed his wire and his audio and everything. And he just left. The dude's a coward. And he knew he was about to get absolutely destroyed by Bongino. So good job, Bongino. Can we get you a clap? Good job. Way to go. I love it when these guys get destroyed publicly and they have nothing to say, just like this guy did. So it's good. BLM's still doing BLM things. They have absolutely no purpose in life. And people are now starting to realize it. And it's not election year. It's not election year. 2022, probably around June-ish, we'll probably see BLM and Antifa coming out again, doing their thing, coming out, trying to do something, actually. So there you go. Good job. 
So this is actually pretty bad. A 13-year-old watched their father die up in D.C. Or uh, excuse me, Seattle. I said D.C. for some reason. Up in Seattle. Maybe it's because I saw Washington. But uh, this is pretty bad. This is due to staffing shortages. In Seattle, due in part of the city's vaccine mandate for emergency workers resulted in a 13-year-old boy watching his father die after he suffered a medical emergency. I wouldn't bring this up if it wasn't preventable. Last week, a 13-year-old called 911 to report that his father was having a medical emergency, but when Seattle fire arrived, they were told to wait for police before entering, and uh, it took Seattle police 15 minutes to arrive and delayed the medics who were unable to save the father. This is really, really sad. So does this kid now have a father or doesn't have a father in his life due to some stupid, stupid mandate? Yes, that is true. You're going to find out why. The police precinct, who was reportedly down to two officers, and was leaning on a non-patrol volunteers to meet minimum staffing level. What in the world is going on in Seattle? This can't be real. It is, though. It is. It's a clown world we're living in right now in America. Two veteran medics told radio host Jason Rance that the death was likely avoidable if emergency crews had gotten to the scene faster, and one medic said it had been addressed early. His chance of survival was actually 60%. Additionally, the cautionary note that was told to first responders, this is, this is a crazy thing, by the way. There was a cautionary note told the first responders before entering this house to treat them that they needed to wait for police because the location presented a danger to them was an outdated note, and it was assigned to the previous tenant. So the gentleman had cops waiting for him, or was forced to have cops waiting to show up because the previous tenant had a note on the, the house. I'm not going to say it was because maybe they have staffing shortages. They can't follow up on this kind of stuff, but probably because of staffing shortages. Seattle has experienced a severe police staffing shortage since George Floyd riots. Hmm. The North Precinct, where the teen lived, is the slowest precinct to respond to 9-11 calls, 911 calls. And on August 21, the report shows the average response time for emergencies in the in progress was nearly 13 minutes of Q2 of this year. And the average response time for priority two calls was 61 minutes. If you want to be a crime guy, you want to be a mob boss, you want to be anybody who deals with crime in Seattle, go ahead and head up there. They're not going to respond in time. You literally could probably rob a house. They're not going to have time to show up. Like, let, let that sink in. Imagine being in, in, in a place in your life where you're like, you know what? I feel like committing some crimes. Let's move to Seattle. No one's going to show up anyway. What's that, uh, what's that movie when everybody goes around The Purge? Seattle's on the verge of being The Purge. Uh, hopefully it's not that bad, of course. But the 2022 budget, by the way, they're slashing it by $11 million, which is also including uh, hiring incentives. Seattle's doing pretty good. I actually used to live up in Seattle, by the way. I still have family that lives up there. A lot of them have actually moved out. I have one, and that's my grandma. She lives up there. But other than that, everybody else has moved. Literally, my entire family has moved out of that whole state, which is good. No, nope. take that back. My cousin lives up there, but he hates it. He's the most red person I've ever met in my entire life. Maybe it's because it's kind of funny. I think the people that are living in those areas like Washington or California who are super blue and they're like the red. They're like, they want everybody to know, I'm red. Don't touch me. <laughs> kind of deal. You know what I mean? So Biden approval writing. We all love to talk about this guy. He's, a, he's generally one of the best and most known people in America. Not because he's the president, because he's a f***ing idiot. So if elections were held today, if you guys didn't know this, 46% of adults would overall would back the Republican candidate for, for Congress. 43% would support Democratic candidate. Among those registered voters, that's the ones who really matter, it'd be 51 to 41. 51 for Republicans, 41 for Democrats. As of right now. I love these kind of numbers. I love stats, just numbers in general. 70% of America right now is actually rating the economy negatively, including 40%, or excuse me, 38% who say it's in poor condition. 
About half of Americans' overall and political independence blame Biden for fast rising inflation. More than six in 10 Americans say that he has not accomplished much after 10 months in office, including 71%. So he has literally half of America says he's accomplished nothing while he's been in office. It's not really that difficult to come up with literally nothing when you, you have no idea what's going on. You can't, you can't accomplish anything if you don't even know what's going on in your own life. The guy, imagine waking up. I would imagine, though, like, think about this for a sec. For some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was, God, they must have really good French toast in the, the White House. Like, imagine how good that French toast must be. I love good French toast. Who wakes up? Oh, 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 Daddy Biden's like, oh, I need my diaper change and give me some French. That's like the first thing that just came to my head. God dang, French toast sounds good. Anyway, move on. I'm sorry. So this question was actually asked. If the House of Representatives, if the election was held today, registered voters would be 51 to 41 on that. And June, in June, by the way, 94% of Democrats approved of the way they was handling jobs. As of right now, it's sitting at 80%. So you have a 14% drop just in Democrats alone. And you have 4 in 10 Democrats approve of Biden, down from 7 in 10 in June. So you have literally 4 in 10 now. 7 to 10. So his own party is eating himself alive. Like They're like, okay, this guy was a terrible choice. They're knowing this going into 2022, and they want nothing to do with the guy. His approval rating on the economy has tumbled now, stands at 39%. Biden has been president for 10 months. This question was asked to the Americans as well. What has he accomplished? 8% said a great deal. 8% of America said a great deal. 8% is also the most loudest minority we've ever heard on planet Earth. They're screaming from the rooftops about the stupidest things that no one cares about. That's why you literally have, he's literally, these people say he's done, he's done nothing. 27% a good deal. 18% said not very much. 45% said little or nothing. So if you added the not very much and little to nothing, you are sitting at almost three quarters of all of America is saying that Biden has literally accomplished absolutely nothing since he's been in office. Three quarters of this country right now. By the way, that's not even, that's not a Fox News poll, that's ABC. Russia has 100,000 troops on the Ukraine border. Russia and China, they started working together, I think, in 2000, dang, I don't remember the year. I think it was 2003, but I want to say 2006 at the same time. I don't recall. It was one of those years. They just now started working with each other recently. Russia, or excuse me, China has absolutely no allies other than North Korea. I would say Russia right now is kind of like an ally, kind of like we were allies with, with Russia back in World War II. I think that's kind of like where they're at. They both want to be world powers. And China has like a goal of being in 2049, I think so what it was, or 2050. They want to be the most dominant power on planet Earth, and they want to be able to beat America in a war. That's like their entire goal. Ukraine president, Mr. Zelensky, has claimed that Russia amassed nearly 100,000 troops near his country's border as concerns over invasion continue to mount. This is something that no one is talking about. How are we now just getting up on the fact that Russia is thinking about... Invading Ukraine again. American officials consulted with European allies on the situation, warning that Russia could attempt to invade the country in the near future. But Russia has actually claimed that one of its fighter jets was forced or that it forced a British spy plane to change course flying near Crimea. Crimea. So now you have Russia playing games with with British, the British, the British Empire, the old British Empire themselves. That's not good. So you have America being toyed with a little bit in the ocean by China. Not really. More, more or less with Taiwan. And now you have Russia messing with the Brits. No, you can't, you can't mess with the Brits. I know. Y'all are, we're pretty powerful with the Brits. We have, we have, we have a pretty powerful little, little ally group we got. The Brits are strong. Australia, they're pretty strong for the most part. 
Japan, they're strong. Hell, Japan's crazy. Look at World War II. Nuts. Glad they're on our side now. <laughs> Satellite images released November 8th, by the way, showed an estimated 90,000 Russian troops gathered at the Ukrainian border, prompting House Rep- uh, Republicans Oh, prompting House Republicans, excuse me, to petition President Biden to deploy troops to the region. We know he's not going to do that. He is a coward. If Biden puts more troops on uh, Ukraine in the border or just helping them, just it's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. A lot of people don't realize this. We've been in Ukraine since the beginning of that entire conflict. We've had SF groups there literally doing like <laughs> underground or, uh, yeah, underground, how about I put this, underground like gun deals. Like I, I do know this for first-hand experience talking to, talking to my buddies who have actually gone over there and done it. We've been involved in that conflict since the beginning. We're always involved. But from a public standpoint, when you put actual troops on the ground, that's when it becomes a little bit of an issue. And right now, President Biden, as we do know, struggling in the polls. you think he's actually going to do this? Nope. Maybe. Maybe to gain a little bit of the independent support. I don't know. They're actually saying right now that Russia's first move would not be a tank or a gunshot, but a cyber attack, maybe turning off the gas or something to create disruption. If Russia did that, I mean, we always talk about Russian hackers. Why, why is that? If you think about it, Russian hackers is like a known little, little terminology. Everybody knows about Russian hackers. No one ever says like Brazil hackers or Indonesian hackers. I always say Russian hackers. Hmm. China. China's the next thing. China's building up its military. We're going to end it on this note right here. A lot of you guys and gals like to listen to this about China. I love having a conversation about China because it's a bigger, I think it's a bigger thing than what we, we put off it to be. It's a huge deal. I think it really is. So if you guys do not know, they're already in the, the possession of the world's largest fighting force with, with 2.2 million troops. 2.2 million troops. China has begun pouring resources into its nuclear arsenal. So this is pretty much where they're sitting at. They got 20 silo-based intercontinental ballistic missiles that have some 200 warheads overall. That's what they got. That's what they got is a nuclear deterrent. China has been rapidly growing hundreds more silos to potentially fill with nuclear missiles. They're building hundreds of silos right now. They only have 20. They're building hundreds more. What is the, what is the purpose of that other than war? That's it. How are we sitting on the sideline right now worried about what kind of vehicles our troops must have by a certain date? It was like 2050 is what I read. Matter of fact, I think it was 2050. By 2050, they wanted the entire military fleet of vehicles to be ran on, on, on just battery. That's it. No gas. No gas whatsoever. You're never going to be able to take fossil fuels out. I don't know why they're so worried about it. Oh, it's an agenda. Anyway, their Air Force right now has built some 200 advanced J-16 fighter jets and, tw- and J-20 stealth jets in the past six years. Its military budget is just $209 billion. That's 7% higher than it was the previous year in three times those numbers, uh, three and four of India and Russia. So right now, if you cannot, you cannot tell me that China is not trying to, to advance their military to some extent to try to take over the world. Right? Like, this is kind of crazy that I'm sitting here talking about this right now, and that's not even a concern of the White House. They literally put China and climate change in the same category. That is not the same thing. Because climate change and China go hand in hand for one. They are the biggest emitter of, of pollution in the world. So you can't put them in the same category. It's so stupid to me. And how's the DOD? Why do they even care about climate change? That's not their job. To fight off the sun. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. Matter of fact, I did say this. President Xi... He said that the goal is of 2049 for China to be able to fight and win a major war with the U.S. That is literally China's goal. 
by 2049, which is in our lifetime, who's listening to this, 2049, they want to be able to build up and in, in, they want to build up their army by then to be able to win a major war with the U.S. The U.S. intends to build up its forces in the Pacific by 2030. Some analysts believe that China might invade Taiwan in the next five years. This is a pretty good article, by the way. Uh, this was actually written by The Week. This was I thought it was about CNN, but it's not. It, it goes on to say, what are China's weaknesses? I think this is a good, a good piece to talk about. I'm going to read it verbatim, because I think it's very good to read this one verbatim. The main criticism of China's military is that while it's invested in flashy hardware, its troops training is weak, and the soldiers operating the weapons are inexperienced. Corruption and an outdated command structure have left a very negative impact on the army. This is from a Xi Yang, a Beijing-based Chinese military analyst. Some analysts believe that China's one-child policy repealed in the last few years has left its soldiers reluctant to leave their parents without descendants. China's military has seen almost no combat since 1979, and its various armed forces have little experience working together. That is why it's actively seeking partnerships, like with Russia. I know I read that verbatim, and I wanted to make sure I read it, read it verbatim because I thought the entire thing talking about the one-child policy was a big deal. Now they're realizing the one-child policy was a bad idea. For one, it just jacks up your entire... I mean, you can't have a bunch of people that are 30 and a bunch of people that are 50. There's nothing in between. Like, that's a pretty big age gap for one. Anyway, the U.S. military's edge. I like this one. So I wanted to talk about this as well. Just because we know that China is, is very big, very powerful, doesn't mean that we can't crush them. We've got a lot going on for us. We do. We still have the biggest and most experienced military, as well as the most powerful and advanced nuclear arsenal. It's 1.4 million soldiers. Yes, we have 1.4 to their 2.2. I get it. Size matters at times in fight. But we have much, much more experience. Like, much. We've been fighting continuous war for the last 20 years. They haven't fought in a war in 41, 42 years. We've been fighting in a continuous war. We have tons of experience. I mean, I'm talking to tons. And our annual defense budget is actually $733 billion. We actually spend three more time than they do, like our 3X. And we do 12 times as much as Russia. So, yes, we are spending way more. We have 11 aircraft carriers to China's three. Like, we have a whole bunch of good stuff that are going for us still. 11 aircraft carriers. You say that, that's kind of crazy. We only have 11 of them, but they're pretty much floating islands. So, I mean, let's be real. They really are. You can land a plane on a ship. That's pretty nuts. And until the U.S. repositions its forces from Europe to Asia, China has home field advantage in the Pacific. That is, that's common sense. Like, we all should know this. If we don't do something about what we have going on in the Asia-Pacific side of things, which we probably should have never... So, if we had kept Afghanistan and kept Bagram, we would have a pretty good foothold in Asia-Pacific as a whole. Like, really, if you think about it. I know we couldn't launch an actual... I'm like, well, we guess we could launch some type of ground offensive through there. Could went from Afghanistan straight into China. We could, if we would have kept a base there. I mean, there's a, there is a, a point to go through there. And we're tied directly with, with Pakistan and do, to all those. Like, we can actually get to China fairly easy. But we didn't do that. We left Bagram and gave it back. Like, we have all these bases all over the world and all these, all these friends in, in low places. Like, what I mean, like, not saying the song, but when I'm talking about, we have, like, South Korea, we have Japan. We don't have North Korea. Well, we have friends all in that area right there. Well, if we had Afghanistan, we'd have our own base. You jump from, not physically jump, I guess we could, but go from there and kind of eliminate the logistical nightmare we're going to have if we ever have to go to war with China. Bagram could have been a, a stepping point, like a little bit of a ground to get ourselves there. Like literally we can fly 
supplies in, refuel, and get them out. But it doesn't really matter at this point. Like, who cares? I know I'm going to talk about Afghanistan until the end of the earth because, I mean, it just it is what it is. So. I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here. Make sure you go check out masterworks.io. It'll be linked in the very top description. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I will see you guys here in a few days. I'm actually on a trip right now, and I'll be back very soon. I love you guys. I'm out. Yeah.